With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With CheapCaribbean.com, you can get more food, more drinks, and more fun for less money on your all-inclusive beach vacation. Like bottomless margaritas? Yes. And going snorkeling whenever I want? Yes. And moonlight dance parties? Yes. And loaded fajita nachos? Yes. And all the daiquiris I can drink. You can say yes and to everything when you take a next-level beach vacation and explore the best Mexico has to offer at Hotel Carrot Mexico with Cheap Caribbean. Incoming pitch, spin rate of 2,500 RPM, 95.6 miles per hour. Uh, Adjusting swing, 12 degrees. Proceed with launch angle. Welcome, everyone, to the April 29th edition of the Launch Angle Podcast. I'm your host, Van Lee. We are back. We had to miss a week. I had some family stuff come up, so we couldn't quite get into it. But we're here this week to discuss plenty of baseball news. On today's show, we're going to talk news and notes. Of course, we have Eloy Jimenez getting hurt. We're going to talk the baseballs and just the overall scoring atmosphere at this point in the year. And we'll discuss a bunch of players who are, well, mostly we talk guys who are performing really, really well, but we'll talk about whether or not we buy into what they're doing and just some overall good fantasy analysis coming up on today's episode. And, you know, literally as I'm recording this, I just realized I never gotten back in touch with Derek Cardi, of course, creator of the Bat and the Bat X. And I need to do that. And I feel bad because Derek's an awesome guy. So I'll tell you what. You listeners can make it up to me. If you play fantasy baseball, if you play DFS, you need to head over to rotogrinders.com. Get yourself a copy of The Bat because it is awesome and it will help you win some money. And I, I mean that because I've used it myself and won some money with it. So it's great. So go do that. Support Derek and maybe make up for the fact that I totally blanked on getting back in touch with him. But that's it. I have nothing else for us in the intro. So let's take a quick break. Bring on Jeff and Rob and talk some baseball. Here's the pitch. Uh, Welcome back to the show. I'm Van Lee, and I'm joined by Jeff Zimmerman. Jeff, how are you on this fine afternoon? I'm good. It's just kind of been nice, and um, i able to get outside, find a snake in the yard, get some stuff done. It's just, um, it's just nice, kind of just been bottled up for most of the year, so it's it's just nice to get some yard work done. Kind of warming up. We can get outside and do that sort of thing. I don't know how it is up there in Canada, Rob, but how many snakes have you found in your yard today? N- not a lot. Should we discuss Jeff's snake just briefly? Let's do it. Jeff, of course, lives in the middle of nowhere in Kansas <laughs> and lots of snakes out there, right? Yeah. It's and my, my reaction. Sorry, Jeff, go ahead. Tell us about your snakes. And this oh, is no, not I'm a metaphor. There's like a lot. I mean, we see them every, I might see one every couple weeks or so. Um, as I responded on Twitter when you posted a picture of snake, and, and again, I, I don't see snakes uh, where I live. I don't see snakes in my cottage. My cottage is in the middle of nowhere, and there's still maybe there's the odd garden snake, but luckily I don't see the snakes. I would just I would leave the house like I couldn't live <laughs> amongst uh, snakes. I would not do well 
in the desert. I love going to Arizona. I love being in. I like. I love the the dry heat and the topography uh, of of the desert. But I would not do well with snakes. So being like in in rural Kansas, are you? Jeff, like yes. now knowing that there are snakes, as tempted as I was to move there and raise chickens uh, as I, I was, you paint such a romantic picture of, of your lifestyle. <laughs> snakes would be the snakes would be the, the no go. Like I I don't know what it is about snakes. I assume it's not a poisonous snake or anything, or you wouldn't have been as nonchalant about it. And poor Ruby wouldn't you wouldn't let Ruby go outside uh, if there were poisonous snakes. But they freak the out of me like i would not do well with random giant snakes in my yard yeah that one was a hog nose that's just pretty much just a mouse or rodent eater um the other one we oh, usually get so well, i don't ones. deal well with road i don't do well with rodents either so knowing that the snake would kill the mice and are there rats or just 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 mice oh yeah it's the tree rats those damn squirrels every place but Oh, flying rats. See, squirrels, squirrels don't bother me. Squirrels What's are harmless. flying rats. They just have a fluffy tail. Yeah, I don't know. I, 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 uh, I, for whatever reason, like, I mean, that's that's what a pigeon is. A pigeon is basically with uh, a rat with wings. Uh, pigeons don't bother me. Mice and rats bother me. But in the hierarchy, even knowing that the snakes are kind of minimizing the the rat population, apparently, it would freak the shit out of me. I would I would abandon. I would just bl- like burn the place down, get whatever insurance money I could get, and head me back to Canada. Uh, where I'm nice and safe. And to be clear, other Canadians are yelling right now. There are lots of parts of Canada where uh, there's just as many snakes as you are. I'm just an urban guy and I don't deal well with snakes. It's totally fair. And the last little contribution I'll add to this is I love snakes. Recently, you love snakes. I, snakes are great. I, I love snakes. I, I can I can deal I can deal with. I'm agnostic to snakes. You you love snakes. I don't own any snakes. I don't have any pet snakes, but I would. I'll, I'll say um, that if, I, if it ever didn't since take ever since the great snake injury of 2017, <laughs> man, you've gotten rid of all your pet snakes. Like Just never when, had the, one. when the boa constrictor like <laughs> almost concussed you. That would be an amazing story. I wish that had happened. But recently, I did go to the store. People were freaking out because there was a six-foot rat snake there. They're harmless. They just eat rats, essentially. So I just grabbed it and took it off to the field. Like, Sorry, just, you went to a store and there yeah. was a six-foot snake? It was in snake. the parking lot. Yeah. Welcome to Missouri. We're, we're Jeff and I are here in the middle of nowhere in the U.S. where there's just critters and snakes. At least it's not Florida. There's no alligators here, but there are a lot of snakes. If I pulled up in a Walmart parking lot and there was a six foot snake, I don't care how harmless the snake is. I'm not the hero who's picking up the snake and getting rid of it so everybody can go about their day. I'm not that guy. Just to be clear, I'm not that guy. I, I am George Costanza pushing old women out of the way for me to escape from the parking lot as the snake terrorizes everybody else. Well, believe it or not, this is a fantasy baseball podcast, so let's shift into fantasy baseball from our snake talk, although I enjoyed it. Uh, We have some news and notes to cover, some players we'll discuss, just normal stuff here. First off, Eloy Jimenez, the outfielder slash DH for the Chicago White Sox, is hurt. He's now going to be eight, six to eight weeks with a hamstring strain. Rob, we'll go to you first. Uh, Is he worth stashing in an FBC leagues, or is this an easy cut for you? Um, No, he's a really tough cut. And I don't have Eloy anywhere, but if I did, 
Um, he's just such a good hitter when he's healthy. Um, but this is becoming a, a problem uh, for Eloy. And what exasperates it is because of uh, the White Sox kind of team roster construction, Eloy should be a DH. But you could say that about like four guys on the White Sox right now. And he's going to have to be healthy enough to come back and play the outfield. So I respect somebody who looks at this and says, I'm cutting Eloy. But I just think the problem, the challenges, and this should not be the rationale on whether you hold him or cut him. Um, if he gets cut in, call it a main event, the next week somebody's spending 300 400 500 bucks to pick up Eloy. So that shouldn't drive your decision on whether to hold uh, Eloy Jimenez. But that's just the reality. So I think you're kind of stuck at this point. If you own Eloy, even if you have no IL spot, I think you have to hold him unless there is like a set, uh, uh, like bad news that he's going to be even longer than six to eight weeks. But it's frustrating that I think even when he comes back, other than maybe, you know, the first week back, they're going to put him back in the outfield and, um, He's neither very good there, nor is it good for his long-term health playing out there. Yeah, and he's just not been able to stay on the field. I mean, that's kind of the issue, too, is that he could get hurt again. I mean, he's only had a thousand, exactly a thousand plate appearances um, over his career. And that, so, I mean, he was okay in 2020. I mean, he made the full season then, but... He just he keeps getting hurt, and I know that he's probably the guy I'm going to keep in one league. But someone else that I had planned on keeping is going to have to get cut. Like I'm at the point where I have six people there, and I would like to at least have one hitter, you know, to kind of add in and out. So I'm going to have to figure out something. So I think I'm with Rob that he's the one you're keeping, but then you're going to have to figure out where who you're cutting otherwise, if you're just in the NFBC and anything bigger than that, hopefully, I mean, even if you have a couple aisle spots, he's, you're probably just having to try to keep him. Or if you're in any kind of trading league, maybe find someone that else that has the empty spots and maybe kind of move, make some moves that way. I mean, I don't know who has empty aisle slots, but it could be a possibly one or two people, but um, I don't, yeah, it's, it's a keep, but Again, I can understand if you're just at that spot with your um, rosters because I'm at one where someone else is going to get cut besides him, but I'd rather just keep them all. Definitely disappointing news. And, you know, you guys talking just kind of reminds me of Will Myers years ago where the team position he was in was such that he just had to be in the outfield or whatever spot it was, and the guy just couldn't handle it. So hopefully he doesn't have the Will Myers career, gets healthy, and comes back strong. But we'll see. Moving on, we have Christian Javier with the Houston Astros. He's being moved to the Astros rotation, where Dusty Baker says they're now going to have a six-man rotation for at least the next month or so. Any interest, Jeff, in Javier with this new role? Does this also make any of the other Astro starters droppable? Somebody who, in a five-man, when they were getting potential two starts a week, was great. At this point, one start a week, not so good. The deal with Javier is I think he was 100% rostered, 96 so everyone has kind of been expecting this and whoever has him is like, they've been waiting for this. Like they're waiting for this rotation spot, but it's with a six man one. And over his career, there's a reason they really haven't started him that they've kind of kept his starts to a minimum and so forth. I mean, his ex-fip over his career as a starter is almost five. 
with his FIP almost identical. He's been able to keep the ERA in check, but I don't know. It's not something like I would ever consider a skill at this point. So he's fine as a starter. He's not great. I mean, he's kind of like an Eric Fetty level as a starter. And um, I, I don't know. I'm just, I guess, I mean, it's something great, but it, those reliever stats aren't going to translate over or he's just going to go like a, you know, four innings and not be able to get a win or anything. So I think if you got him, you have to keep him, but it's not someone I'm going to go target or if he's on the waiver wire, I'm not spending some crazy amount of money to add him. Yeah, he's one of, and I've always loved Christian Javier and I think he was underrated. I think now he's a little bit overrated because a lot of the projections, public projections, uh, were a mix of reliever starter uh, projections. And as Jeff says, like the 33% strikeout rate, that's just not happening as a starter, or at least that's not who he is today. Maybe he gets better. Maybe as he gets stronger by starting more, uh, the strikeouts come. But far more likely is he's a good but not great strike uh, strikeout pitcher as a starting pitcher and Javier still has the walk problems that will pop up from from time to time so the Astros are a good enough team the context is good enough that obviously if you drafted Javier um, you're you're starting him and you're keeping him and you're happy about this I just think people who think he's now an elite starting pitcher because of those elite strikeout numbers as a reliever, um, are setting themselves up for a little bit of disappointment. So that that may sound too negative, and I don't think even Jeff is that – I mean, it's not that negative. He's still good, and he still will have starts in that division where he dominates, and he's great. And you're like, that's the stud I wanted. But there'll be other starts that are just not that because that's not who he is so far as a starting pitcher. Well, let's go ahead. And I mean, the, 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 the who should you drop? Like Jake Odorizzi, um, it's like I, I could see the Astros using him all season. I could see him getting 180 innings. Uh, I don't know that you want 180 innings of Jake Odorizzi on your fantasy team, though. So, like, is there a streaming week where Jake Odorizzi is usable? Sure, there is. Um, but there's way more weeks where Jake Odorizzi should not be on your fantasy uh, team. If you ask, like, who who's the loser here? The problem is I have no – there's no indication that Dusty Baker drops Jake Odorizzi from that rotation or that the Astros, whoever's making the ultimate decision, drop Jake Odorizzi. So you can yell and scream and saying, you must do this. This makes no sense. I don't think the Astros care. Yeah, that's a very good point. Well, let's go ahead and shift into just the overall, I guess, experience of Major League Baseball here this year. Scoring's way down across the majors. We've got seemingly like, I don't know, 30 pitchers deep that are putting up ace-like numbers. So obviously there are a couple of different contributing factors here, Rob. We've heard there's a dead ball. We've heard they're using multiple different balls. Of course, we had the shortened spring training. Overall, is there anything you can do about this if you're a fantasy player, or do you just kind of weather the storm and just pick your battles? I think that anything you try to do is going to make things worse, not better. So I tweeted out uh, an hour ago, we're recording Friday afternoon, there have been going into Friday's game, so there's nothing that's happened on Friday yet. So at the end of Thursday uh, games, there have been 574 games started, um, meaning cut that in half how many games. 
the league average for starting pitchers. So that includes openers. That is just somebody who who pitched the first to the first batter of the first uh, inning of a game for a team. The the league average is a three eight nine ERA, twenty a two point two strikeout rate, eight point four percent walk rate, one twenty five WHIP, and one hundred fifty five wins for the starting pitcher. Twenty twenty one. It went from a 3.89 ERA. It was a 4.04 ERA after 576 games. So it's not by date, obviously, given the delay this year. That's number of games. So the ERA is up uh, roughly a quarter of a run, uh, or down, sorry, uh, roughly a quarter of a run uh, for starting pitchers. Strikeout rate is also uh, down for starting pitchers. Walk rate is roughly the same. Whip is up a little bit, which is a little bit weird. And wins are down, but they're not as down as much as you think they are. It feels like starting pitchers are getting no wins. Statistically, the number of wins that starting pitchers are getting at this point of the season, despite the short spring training, is roughly identical. That change, though, you need to remember, understates how much offense is down because we've added the DH to half uh, half of baseball. So half the games last year at this time did not have the DH, have the DH right now. Uh, I couldn't be bothered to run the num to normalize quote unquote those numbers as if they're as if pitchers were hitting, but it means that the true impact has been uh, of the ball of w- whatever it is that's causing this change is more than a quarter of a run, which is really material. Anecdotally, I can tell you, I was at my first game uh, yesterday. I was at the the Blue Jays Red Sox game, and. I don't want to be that fan who says that one game that, that I was at told me everything I needed to know. But my goodness, there were some balls that were squared up that just died, that just died. And I don't mean like as a fan who sees every fly ball and it's like, it's a home run. Oh, no, it's a lazy fly ball to the outfield. It was just there were two or three balls that I thought were carrying and then they carried not at all. And it was striking. But I think that if you... Start, Jeff can talk about this. If you start making adjustments and thinking, I can throw any pitcher out there, no matter how crappy they are, and nobody's scoring runs, so I'm safe, I think it's going to blow up for you right? because it's all relative. Yeah, the relative bit is one thing that's like, even when there was, it's like the early, like around 2010 it was kind of like, oh, you could throw anyone out, or it was more like you could stream two starters a little bit then and wouldn't burn you as much. But it was still good to have better pitchers. Like, you had to improve over them. It just – a lot of times, like, your ERA and whip wouldn't totally get hosed, and you can kind of get the wins and strikeouts. But I think one of the other issues is is I've actually come up with, like, five possible ways the offense can be brought down. We've got the sad, boring ball. We no longer have the happy, fun ball. It's sad and boring sad. now. That's tra- trademark that Jeff. That's your. That's you. You were the father of happy fun ball. You're now the father of sad boring ball. <laughs> and we got the the humaners that are all over the place, causing some issues. And Eno Saris and um, Ken Rosenthal have written about it, the Athletic, probably the best one so far. So that's an issue. We had the late start, in which I kind of like. They should start. Some of the hitters should start coming out of that. But it's just like. Um, there's some work being done that like hitters basically need 60 plate appearances before like they're ready. Like they're still improving then. So that could have been part of it. These extra pitchers we have now, like they're just throwing heat can bring in this stuff down. 
And then the one I even noticed this morning was this is the first time, or it may be that less than 50% of all pitches are fastballs. So hitters are just, but which one of these and how much is each one a factor? And we're just going to have no idea on how to deal with it. Like, oh, is it just going to be this sad, boring ball? And should you just not worry about hitters um, and just go for like any kind of power hitter that can get a home run, you know, just not worry about your average. Those are the guys who are going to get your home runs. Or should you, you know, just be like, oh, everything's going to be fine because these pitchers are going to, you know, we're going to get lose the two extra relievers and, you know, stuff's going to kind of normalize. So it's tough to know which one and how much of an effect it's all having on the offense. But offense is taking a pounding. It's it's obvious. There's multiple things. But I don't know how do you not do it. I mean, you still need to have good pitchers. There's Pitchers are still getting blown up. Um, it's still <laughs> – Mitch Keller is still getting lit up. It's it's just Nick Pavetta is not having a good year either. I mean, it's like these guys that were supposed to have been, you know, even throwing harder and the great ones are still having some issues. So I'm kind of – I think we have to go another month before we really have to maybe start making these decisions. But I think right now you just try to get the most talent you can on both sides of, you know, starters and relievers and hitters and – just keep adding that way. I mean, I'm not really going to just start streaming, starting pitching right now, just for this reason. It's like, I, I think you're right, Rob. It's just going to end up getting you burnt. Gonna get I, think that, burnt or- I think that, I think on the hitting side, um, because there, and this, this was a trend we talked about in the winter and the, the extended bench has only exasperated it. There are more teams platooning now. So there are more teams, there, there are more teams pinch hitting for relatively good hitters now than before. Um, so I think more than ever, maximizing plate appearances, play like streaming hitters is a much better approach right now than streaming pitchers. It's really, it's in, in an NFBC short bench uh, context, it can be tough to do because it it, it necessitates really tough cut decisions uh, and the tension between I want five good pitchers on my bench every week, but I also want to be able to get four starts from Monday to Thursday and then have somebody really good going into Colorado on you know Friday it's like, well, at a certain point, that math doesn't work. But I think that the anecdote to platooning, uh, pinch hitting, uh, offense being down, all of those things are have talent, obviously. Talent ultimately rises. Um, and plate appearances, volume, as much as you can. Do you agree with that, Jeff? Yeah. I, and it, it's so tough right now. Um, I'm just writing – lineups article and looking through every one and it's just like jazz chisholm's in a platoon that's just the way it is right now they've only faced four lefties and he sat against them all jeff mcneil which it was kind of tough to tell he's in a platoon right now too he's hitting great it seems like teams just don't care about that and yep. um but the problem is you you can't 
you're obviously you're not cutting uh, Jazz Chisholm. You're not cutting Jeff McNeil. But if you see going into a Monday to Thursday or forget Monday to Thursday, forget playing that game, like a seven game week, if Jazz Chisholm next week had three lefties. So it's like, this isn't a great week. So I need somebody on my bench that I can swap in for Jazz Chisholm. Are you doing that? How are you finding the roster spot uh, for that? And as like not not to to play the the mind games. As soon as you sit Jazz Chisholm because he's only playing four out of seven games, you know that Jazz Chisholm is hitting four home runs and stealing three bases in the four games that he does play. And then you're the idiot who benched Jazz Chisholm for for uh, a week. And it's like, don't get too cute. Play your studs. And it's true, you should play your studs, but um, but boy, that's uh, that makes this a really tough. That's also what makes this fun, right? Like that's it's 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 hard, and this game should be hard. If it was easy, then uh, we'd all we'd all be winning. Yeah, it's all be a big tie at the top, and we just split the money. You know, uh, I, but I, I I I like where you're headed with this, Jeff. <laughs> Participation, um, participation medals all around, and we all did our, we all gave it our best. So let's call it off. Yeah, I'm just, yeah, and it's tough to like on these platoons. It's like it's almost like you have to go through, keep track, and then go look through which teams are having it. And it's like it's not going to be easy to do, but um, I think it's going to make a difference this year. Just it's like, yep. or just finding it's, the people that aren't. Like um, one of the guys um, Van put on our list is Dan Vogelbach. Like he's not getting platoon, and he had them four. And uh, I think there's that, no doubt he's hitting leadoff sometimes yeah. and dropping down against lefties, but he's playing. Uh, and I think that spotting those, staying on top of those trends, um, is is has always been important. But it is so much more important. And I used to be, and it was a weakness in my game. One of the people who kind of rolled your eye, my eyes at like, well, Dan Vogelbach has started. You know, the last five times they faced a lefty, Dan Vogelbach has uh, has uh, started. So he's a full time player. I'd be like, yeah, but like, like, what do you? You're 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 getting so micro. I think you need to be. Um, to a point, I think being that micro and obsessive about things serves you well. If you can get eight more plate appearances than your opponent every single week, that's 200 plate appearances over uh, tw- um, 26 uh, weeks. That's like you're playing with um, with you know 14 and a third hitters when everybody else is playing with 14 hitters. That is a huge advantage uh, if you can pull it off. It is certainly chaotic out there. Now, we've already answered pretty much the first part of the next question. So really what I want to phase this into is a question I ask every year in case we have new listeners coming in. But at what point, Jeff, do you think you should be looking at the standings in your league and and reacting to it? Obviously, we agree we're a little too early now. But is that, you know, middle of May? Is it the first of June? Is there what's the point that you need to look at those numbers and react? Um. I'm probably going to wait another month to react to anything I didn't know before the season started. Like I know in some leagues I'm hurting for saves like that through the draft. That's how things happened or I'm hurting for steals. So I've got that written on all my leagues. Like, Oh, this league needs add some power. It needs to add some speed, but I'm not going just um, looking at some guys because they haven't stolen a base or I mean, if I had Whit Merrifield, 
I'm just not going to make a bunch of moves because he's not hitting and not stealing right now. It's like, if he doesn't hit and steal, then I've got issues. Like, I mean, there's just no way around it, but I need him to start doing that. And I'm not going to really start making huge trade-offs for at least a month or so here. So um, I will look at the standings. All my links to all my leagues go to like at the NFBC, the My Teams page. So I can go look at that. That's just where I go. Maybe I should change it so it's the lineups page. You know, I don't, I'm not looking at the standings, but I do know what the standings are. But um, right now I'm just trying to get talent. I'm just trying to get talent, hoping people drop someone that's talented. I can add them. Um, like I said, when people start, yeah, starting in these hard cuts with more and more injuries, this is kind of where you hope to kind of jump in. And, um, that's, that's all I'm looking at right now, trying to get starters. Like I think in 15 team leagues, you're done. There might be a starter It's like, if it pops up, everyone's going to notice and you're going to have to be spending 200, some fab on it. But, um, all the kind of breakouts, like the rights that, um, have shown up, like, they're already added. It's like I said, it's kind of too late. You're probably can maybe add one more pitcher throughout the season, but otherwise you're stuck with your rotation right now. Yeah. I mean, there, there, every year there are guys who come up, but I think Jeff, uh, that's exactly the right, uh, way to put it. Right. Like if, um, if, if Miami calls up Max Meyer, uh, next week, it's not like he's a secret at that point in any league he's not owned in. It's just how much do I want to spend on a guy like uh, that? I use him illustratively, not. Uh, well, I, remember Manoa, I went crazy. We had, I had a league with no pitching with him last year. And I'm not a big spender, but I dropped something like 400, some fab on him. Yeah. Um, and the, I mean, it, part of it depends. Part of it is the part of the psychology of the game. And it's very uh, personal. Like at the beginning of this week in the NFBC Platinum League, so my the, the biggest money uh, league, I was in 14th place. And I don't care how much you tell yourself it's still so early, like it's the, 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 nothing matters, it shouldn't look. It's like it friggin' sucks looking and seeing yourself right at the bottom. Five days later, I was in fourth place. And it's like, I'm awesome. I am so smart and managing this is exactly, you don't want to be in first yet. I want to be in fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, like somewhere close enough. And as long as everybody keeps going, then, then uh, this is great. So part of it depends. And it's not, it's not that anybody's giving up this week. It's been three friggin' weeks. Like if you're already giving up on your teams, then um, this probably may not be for you. Um, but, but like if it's going to get you in the dumps looking at that and saying 14th, I'm such an idiot. I've screwed this whole season up. I'm, I'm really dumb. Then you probably shouldn't look, uh, cause it's not, it's not that helpful. Um, so it, it, it depends in part, um, on yourself. Like if it's just, if it's bumming you out looking at the standings, don't look at the standings, look at your rosters and be honest. And as Jeff said, like there's nothing actionable you can do other than maybe in a trading league um, with the Whit Merrifield situation. Like, what are you going to do about it? You can't call Whit Merrifield up and say, Hey buddy, can you both start trying harder to hit? And when you happen to get on base, if you could steal some bases, that would be awesome. It's as Jeff said, it's either going to happen or it's not happen. There is nothing actionable you can do to make Whit Merrifield other than put him in your lineup uh, every week um, and see what you can do. What I do find useful, though, 
is is more than the standings i do think it is useful to look week by week at your stats like how did this player actually do this past week and a whit mirrorfield like if you're benching whit mirrorfield um already then again i i think maybe fantasy baseball isn't for you because you can't bench whit mirrorfield but it is useful with some of the more marginal guys to know like he's 0 for 23 in the last week and he happened to start really good but be aware of that as you're making roster decisions lineup uh decisions so it's not cut don't cut if you believed in a guy enough to draft them in the 14th round um three weeks ago five weeks ago whenever your draft was you probably should still give them a little bit more rope but for example i'm benching fran mel reyes uh in a few leagues uh this weekend which means he's going off so you all should start fran mel reyes uh this weekend because i'm benching in a couple of places but he is just absolutely lost at this point and i'd rather put somebody who's not lost and lose out on a couple of home runs than just put him out there for another 0 for 12. But I'm obviously not cutting him uh, yet. I'm just benching him for three days and see where I'm at in the weekend. Yeah, there was um, this whole like when to cut and when not to. Um, I kind of had major mess ups with that last year. And so there's a couple articles at um, – I looked at it at Rotowire um, – evaluating struggling hitters and evaluating struggling pitchers. And I got a couple of benchmarks. It's usually about a month in, which we're getting close to, but not, but like when to start looking at certain stats or what's like when you know that there's probably not a chance of a bounce back. And for hitters, it's usually if their strikeout rates up and their powers way down. And for pitchers, it's the walk rate way up. Like their strikeout rates make, come back and normalize, but as long as they're not walking guys and they're keeping that in line, it just might have been, they just faced a bad, um, um, tough opponents. So, but, I, but like I said, I found like, I'm kind of holding off on anyone that I liked before the season and at least not evaluate until a month into the season. All right. That's a great time to go ahead and take a quick break. So let's do that. And then when we get back, we'll discuss some players who are hitting well or poorly and pitchers as well. Leftovers or the DMV or house cleaning or Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. We were prohibited by law. Eighteen plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back. I'm Van Lee alongside Jeff Zimmerman and Rob Silver for the Launch Angle Podcast, and it's time to discuss some players here. Now we already kind of got the caveat out of the way early. There's dead balls. The weather's cold. You know, ramp up wasn't quite as quickly, so that'll play into our uh, announcements with these players pretty early on. But we'll discuss whether or not we buy into what they're doing or not. So let's start with oh, oh, Taylor Ward, who has taken me by such surprise. He was a Angels prospect. Angels, of course, my favorite team. He was a catching prospect, and he was abysmal for years in the minors. Well, finally, he's come up this year, and he started to hit really, really well. 381, 509, 762, four homers, one steal, and 53 plate appearances. Rob, do you buy what Taylor Ward is doing? Is he a player that you would target for the rest of the season? 
Um, yeah, I mean, look, would I rather him or Mike Trout? It's a, it's a pick'em uh, rest of the season. Um, I think he, I think there's two things. I think he is now a, a an above average, if not quite good hitter. He's got a mix of decent power, decent, not not 381 uh, average uh, plate approach, but it's certainly a manageable plate approach. Good eye, walks a fair bit, and a bit of speed. And more importantly, Joe Madden uh, loves him. Um, so he's hitting uh, in as good a spot as you could possibly hit in that order. So um, I think he's real to the extent that if you have him, you're obviously keeping him. You're, you're starting him every single week because he's playing uh, every single day. Uh, so I buy him as a quite good hitter at this point. Yeah, I don't think you can go more than that. I mean, this is about as close as a pop-up as you could kind of we get. But the deal was, is like the Angels like telegraphed it like about as best as, I mean, just straight up to like, well, when he comes back, he's got a spot. And it's like everyone I was hoping, you know, Joe Adele would – kind of keep their keep going out there because I think a lot of people had hopes on him and it's like well Joe Adele's not going to get it and the team kept telling him and when it happened I think a lot of people wigged out but it's just like I don't know Joe Adele's just I don't know if he's got the ability to hit major league pitching I think that that's just hasn't been determined and Ward so far has been able to so no I'm um I've got Ward in a few spots. If you look at his career line, he's had 427 plate appearances, 14 home runs, five steals, a 250 average. In some leagues, that may not be playable. In any 15-teamer, even 12-teamers, yeah, you have to have him on him, even if he's just your bench bat in like a 12-teamer. Can I, can I j- jump in with some breaking news? Ooh, I'm excited. Can you, can you put the breaking news uh, drop in uh, that we don't ever have, uh, Ben? <laughs> Uh, Jeff Passan just uh, tweeted out that Los Angeles Dodgers starter Trevor Bauer has received a two-year suspension from Major Whoa. League Baseball. 324 games uh, he has been uh, suspended. Interesting. I honestly didn't expect anything out of it. Um, so on a personal note, I'm glad at least it came to this. From a baseball note, cut him in your leagues. <laughs> There is no, no, no doubt. I imagine this is going to litigation. Um, yeah. I imagine him and baseball will be lawyering up pretty hard. I don't want to – we don't need to get into um, details. I imagine Major League Baseball uh, – it's hard to say Major League Baseball isn't stupid because they've shown every single uh, time, not with Trevor Bauer, but generally they are quite stupid. Um, but I imagine their lawyers are aware this is going to litigation. So whatever their investigation has found, um, they know it's going to be tested in court. Um, but from a fantasy perspective, and from the beginning, it's felt weird talking about Trevor Bauer from a fantasy uh, perspective, but we're a fantasy podcast. Um even if it goes to litigation, which it will, uh, even if Trevor Bauer is ultimately successful in litigation, there is no scenario this gets litigated, resolved. He gets signed by a team. He ramps up and is pitching in a Major League Baseball game in 2022. Literally zero chance. So he is uh, the easiest drop you could possibly imagine uh, from from a fantasy perspective. Yeah, there was even some rumblings I'd heard that if everything like they, they were forced to play him, like the Dodgers are just like, no, we'll just pay you and go away. Like, uh, I think there is a very good chance, even if he is ultimately successful in challenging, 
this suspension uh, that he will uh, be blacklisted from baseball. And that's uh, uh, a dirty word, uh, blacklisted. Uh, but I don't think that uh, – I, I, I know we can use football examples to show somebody will sign anybody eventually. Uh, but I can give you counter examples that when, uh, when you openly taunt the league, which is what Trevor Bauer has been doing – um, that um, word gets out that you should not do this, and good luck suing uh, all 30 teams, Trevor Bauer, uh, to prove collusion because there has been actual collusion in baseball uh, history, and the remedy was a minor fine. So uh, <laughs> I don't think that there is. Uh, I don't think. I think there is a very good chance we have seen Trevor Bauer on a major league baseball field for the very last time, which I am absolutely okay with. That's my personal opinion. There we go. All right. Well, let's shift back in here. Let's uh, jump around on our list here. Let's go to a pitcher. You mentioned his name earlier. One of you did. Kyle Wright, of course, with the Atlanta Braves. He was a pretty reasonably top prospect for a while as far as a pitcher, and it just never quite panned out until this season where he's put 24 innings down, 1-1-3 RA, 12.75 K per nine, 2.25 walks per nine. Overall looks great. Hasn't given up a home run. What do you think, Rob? Do you buy this? Uh. I don't know that he's the best pitcher in baseball, but I, I wish I had Kyle Wright on more teams. Uh, uh, yeah, I think he's a totally different guy. The strikeout rates uh, shot up uh, and you combine um, you combined a an elite 30% plus strikeout rate with a 50% ground ball rate and good things are going to happen uh, to you. So is it sustainable? Will he be this good the whole way? I don't know. But like if we're when we're doing those uh, second chance leagues in uh, whatever it is, six weeks on you know Memorial Day, um, he's going to be going very, very, very early, I think. And I don't think that that is wrong. Now, the nature of projections because of, you know, they can only adjust so quickly. So they are by by definition going to be very small C conservative about a guy like Kyle Wright, and they should be. Um, so like it, all the projections still happen for a, a four plus ERA the rest of the season. Um, the challenge is they also have the strikeout rate uh, back towards where his historic strikeout rate is. So it depends if he needs to stay doing what he's been doing and if he can do that uh then awesome the only caution i'd say is he hasn't faced the toughest of schedules so far uh he's faced the cubs miami cincinnati and san diego um the flip side is that's sort of the national league right now so like might the dodgers give him a different type of challenge sure might the giants give him a different challenge it's very possible uh, or the Mets, but there aren't that many teams. There's a lot of bad teams in the National League, bad lineups in the National League. So, you know, you add in a couple of mediocre starts, uh, he's still going to face Miami a fair bit more. He's going to face the Cincinnati's and Pittsburgh's of the world. So it's not this good, obviously, to, to say the obvious. But no, I think Kyle Wright's um, is quite a legit kind of top 20 starting pitcher the rest of the season. Yeah, I had looked at him... I mean, during the offseason, and what just scared me away was, I mean, it's it's down, but he still has a career walk rate over five. So, 
I mean, he his, was well, his stroke rate, his, stroke, his walk rate is thirteen percent for his career because it was yeah. so bad, so bad early, like it, it's so bad before the season in the majors. I mean, he had seven point one last year. Well, it was just six innings, but it was just like he was walking so many, like didn't know where the plate was, and his zone percentage is for when he was horrible. Like when he first got in, it was at forty one percent. This year it's at fifty three. His first strike strike rate is up like almost ten percentage points, like. That's the biggest thing for me is he's just throwing his pitches over the plate. I mean, he's added some velocity. Um, there's been a pitch mix change. But to take this kind of jump up, it's almost like the Giolito one. Like he had like three things all hit. And just that rarely happens. But when it does, I mean, you can just see where these guys just jump up. But, yeah, throwing harder, better pitch mix, throwing strikes. Like, yeah, I if mean, a this is, wants this to is, make an improvement. That's how to do it. This is the challenge. If in his next start he's back to like ninety three with his fastball and he walks five guys, then and we say let's talk about Kyle Wright again. It's like oh wait, his fastball's back down two miles. He's walking guys again. Uh, Kyle Wright could be horrendous again. There's no reason to think that's going to happen because what he has done is real. Um, but he's like he's one start away still from red flags popping up. So I'm not being negative about Kyle Wright, but it's so early still, and the change is so dramatic that if it went backwards, like it's it's how solid is my opinion about Kyle Wright? I think right now he's awesome, uh, and it's not smoke and mirrors. It's not him getting lucky. Like he's legit been awesome. Um, but it's not so solid, my opinion, that like one start with it all going in the other direction couldn't swing me wildly uh, uh, the other way. I guess the question, Jeff, is if you're in a trading league and you have Kyle Wright and somebody makes you an offer that is a fair offer for like a top 15, top 20 starting pitcher, you cash in this chip that you got for free, basically, wherever you drafted or you fab Kyle Wright. You paid nothing for him. You cash it in right now if you get a fair offer in a trading league, or do you say, you know, as, you know, the fifteenth best starting pitcher doesn't just fall from the sky. I need to ride this out for the rest of the year. I think I would if the guy has any kind of history. I'm. A- Always with these guys that pop up with like Wright, I'm always kind of worried like he's going to get hurt. Like he's just thrown harder than he ever has. Like he had to save his career. He had to do something. I completely understand that. But if it was something like um, Aaron Nola, I would yeah. probably take Nola. So you would take you would take Nola in in a trade, uh, obviously trade, yeah. in an NFC. But if it's the same McClanahan. Yeah, I, I think they're kind of the same. I mean, I, I'd be less inclined that way. Where it was someone. If it was someone just more established that we knew, was, even Shamanaya, I would probably stick with Wright. But like I said, someone like Nola, I probably would move to. Someone with just some kind of history of continued results and are able to keep this up from season to season. Yeah, that makes sense. What do you What do you think, Van? As a prospect guy, did you are you shocked that Wright's been able to put this all together like this? Not really. Now, I think Jeff hit a very big name in there, and obviously this is a, an important example, but Lucas Giolito is one. Uh, Garrett Richards kind of did the same thing. He was a guy who had the big fastball, who couldn't strike anyone out, and then suddenly it all clicked before he started to get hurt, of course, and he looked really good. He looked like an ace in the making. I buy that Wright is that he had the pedigree. 
he has made a big pitch change. So I kind of am curious to see how that sticks. The slider usage is way down. Curveball usage is way up. The change-up's up. The fastball's down. So I do overall buy it. And I'll give you an example. In a dynasty league, my, my main dynasty league, I've had Kyle Wright for years. And on my dynasty podcast for the last couple, I've been saying, maybe it's time to say it's just not going to happen. So I was almost out on him, but I'm pretty much right back in because he has made those changes. So I buy it. I think it's pretty good. To answer your question earlier of would you trade him, in a redraft league, I'd buy 100% what Jeff is saying, although I think I'd be slightly more inclined to trade than Jeff just because it's still such a small sample size. But I buy that it's real. Uh, putting Garrett Richards on him is very dark. Uh, yeah, vain. that's and, the, uh, that's, the that's, negative that's, part that's about there. as mean and uh, <laughs> people people with Garrett Wright just uh, or with the Garrett Garrett Wright. That's man. <laughs> so now, I'm, now, I'm, now I'm now I'm doing it uh, with Kyle Wright uh, are like uh, holding their breath and cursing at you right now. All right, well, let's shift over here. A player I want to ask about is Tommy Edmond, Jeff, and that's a guy that, you know, in the preseason, the Cardinals weren't too kind about his role or what they expected from him. Well, guess what? He's hitting 323, 425, 532, three homers and four steals, and he made it to the top of the lineup at least once, a couple of times, I believe. What do you think? Is as Edmond this now? Do you think he's going to continue hitting at a really good rate? Has anything changed for you in how you feel about Edmond? Um, I think the, the one thing is, is he's being a little bit more patient at the plate, um, getting a few more walks. Like I think those walks have helped him push himself to the top of the lineup when he had like, just like the 6% walk rate or below that wasn't, wasn't cutting it like a 300% OBP. That sounds like something that the Royals would have on the top of their lineup. Um, so once, I mean, with these walks now, he can push himself up there. And um, I like that. The power, I don't 100% believe it, but we'll see. We'll see what happens with it. He's kind of lowered his launch angle. He's kind of going more with the ground ball approach, but he's gotten a few barrels, so everyone's happy with that. But his hard hit rate's the same over his career. The StatCast one that measures it, you know, I think it's 90, 90 or 95 miles an hour, like the percentage that's over that. So it's just a set mark. So – I buy that there's changes and it's, but it's just in the walk rate and that, but that walk rate could put him at the top of the lineup and get the counting stats. So um, I'm, it's too late to buy, but I think that they're, I think the people that um, bought in um, have gotten a good deal here. Yeah. And he's actually hit lead off every day this week. So he's, I've, I, I mean, <clears throat> who knows how the world can change in Cardinal land, but I think he, it's safe to say he is now their lead off uh, hitter again. I look, I was Mr. Don't draft guys with projected 700, 725 OPSs. And it's a pretty good rule of thumb, but like any rule you need to be, you need a bit of context and you need to be uh, a bit flexible. And the advantage, even when it looked like he was going to be hitting 6th, 7th, 8th, ninth in the lineup, is his glove is so good and so important for the Cardinals team defense, which to the extent the Cardinals aren't like a hot mess, their team defense is good and obviously important to them between him and Arenado and, and so on, that like even if he had a 7, 7, 10 OPS, 
they're not dropping him entirely. And that's really the, the, the basis of the why do you avoid bad hitters because bad things happen uh, to, to, to them. So I, I liked Edmund more than I maybe should going into the season, given my dogmatic nature of don't draft bad uh, hitters. Um, and so like the, the, the early power, I think he is a double digit ha- home run guy. I'm not sure he's a 20 home run guy and certainly not in a dead ball era. Is he a 20 home run guy, but 20, he's a 25 stolen base, uh, guy. And that's with a, with a decent batting average. And that's, um, uh, way more than a mile straw. He's not killing you in power. So uh, plenty valuable and, and could easily finish the season as a top 15, top 20 player overall um, if he's hitting uh, leadoff and, and um, keeps doing anything. If, if the walk rate sticks, it is staggering how valuable Tommy Edmond uh, could be. Like if he he's not going to have a 425 on base average, obviously, but if he has a 350, 360 on base uh, percentage, which is basically what he's done in the past, only double the walk rate. Um, then he's he's like really, really, really valuable in fantasy. Let me ask this: with offense being overall down this season, do these guys who are just crushing the ball make you a little more confident that that is real this year, or are you still taking it as just a you know grain of salt? I'll take it in a case by case basis. Has anything changed in that regard this year? Not yet. I don't. And also, I don't know if Tommy Edmonds like the right one. I need to find someone that I'm. It's like actionable on that. It's. I'm trying to think of anyone that's like I could find on my wire that I'm like. Well, do I buy this? What's happening or not? And that, that's just the toughest thing right now um, is it seems like anyone that's hitting great, you know, and it's there's yeah anyone that's hitting great is already kind of getting rostered up or there's some weird things where like they're in like bad, bad side of platoons. And like, I kind of noticed at CBS, like people are just like, Oh, he's hitting, you know, got a couple home runs, but then it's like, Oh, he's playing twice a week. So it's, one of those like guys from San Francisco. So I haven't yet, but I don't know what the right answer is. Yeah. I mean, the thing with Tommy Edmond and I agree, it's not actionable. He's owned everywhere. So what, what are you, what are you going to do about it is, um, is his hard hit rate is exactly the same as it's been his entire career. He has the four barrels and the three home runs, but it's so early that if it was two barrels, like if you if you extrapolate uh, out his barrels for the rest of the season, then he's doubled the amount of barrels he has. But that's really stupid to to do it from a math perspective because if he hit one less barrel, then his barrel like as a barrel per plate appearance is exactly the same as he always has been. So I don't buy that. Uh, Tommy Edmond is now this crazy power hitter. The difference between a 12 home run guy and a 20 home run guy is an extra home run per month. So could he hit 18 to 20 home runs? Of course he could, because like just probabilistically, that's going to happen to 12 home run guys every once in a while. A better example. So like this is from your beloved uh, Kansas City Royals uh, 
um, uh, Jeff. Hunter Dozier uh, is still hitting the snot out of the ball. Like if you look at look at his numbers, and he's a guy who I could see starting to appear in twelve team leagues on waiver wires. And it's like good things should happen to Hunter Dozier based on on his power numbers, but like. How much do you put into it? Is he going to keep playing? Like, how good is Hunter Dozier? Uh, actually, tough, tough calls uh, there. That's that's the kind of thing where you need to dig into the individual player a little bit more. Also, Carlos Santana. Like, if you look at Santana, his 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 advanced numbers are still really good. I, I don't know. Like, is Carlos Santana about to turn a corner? I'm a little bit skeptical, but 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 do the research. Like, if you look at Santana's numbers, there's there are. Th- if you want to find an excuse to hang your hat on something uh, about Santana, uh, you can certainly find that hook to to uh, to hang your your hat on. Those are act- actual actionable uh, guys uh, that are, that are available in uh, in different leagues. Yeah, like Oscar Mercado was one. He's kind of cooled off a little bit, but he was just kind of gone with like a major like home run approach. Kind of seems like he's changed his. Like his um, ground ball rates down. He's pulling more of the balls. Um, yeah, just going for more fly balls. So it's like the early home runs, three home runs. Like, is he kind of just more of a power hitter now? Or is there something else going on? I just, those are kind of the ones that, yeah, are more actionable than like Tommy Edmund. It's like, well, am I getting some power here or not? Well, we have just a couple of minutes here left. Anyone on this list or either of these lists, Jeff, that you want to get out there before we move on? I will go with my namesake, Bruce Zimmerman. I think he has everything that he can have to be successful, but I don't trust that fastball one bit. It's it's like a lefty at 89 miles an hour, maybe 90. I don't know how long he can keep it going, but he's def- his secondaries are really great. He kind of reminds me of when John Lamb was doing stuff for the um, Reds a while back, and then finally it's like, wait a second, everyone's like, just wait for the fastball. You can just crush it. So he's one that's like, I'd buy everything. I just wish his fastball would be like, it would sink. Like he could at least get like a 50% ground ball rate out of it. But it's basically just a get crushed pitch. But he's but um, everything else seems to be working for him. So Bruce Zimmerman uh, this week, uh, like the, the coming week, is getting uh, uh, Minnesota in Baltimore and Kansas City in Baltimore. Um, if he's a free agent in your league, uh, Jeff, is he like a, a must target because not just because of the two starts we, you said on the one hand, you really shouldn't be streaming. Like it's a trap. It's all going to go, uh, badly, but he's, he a guy you sort of have to pick up. And then I, then he gets Detroit the following week. So he has a nice, as good as Baltimore can get, given that he doesn't get to pitch against Baltimore. I think Bruce Zimmerman in. 15 teamers should already be rostered. Yes. I, and I don't know what his ownership rate, uh, rate is in the main. I assume he is owned in most mains, but I have not looked that up. Yeah, I got the over. Well, and the problem with this one is, is it's got it's 22%, but that's also draft and holds, which were probably not on him there. So 8% started this week. So... Yeah, I, th- I think he is, even in a 12, like you have to see what's going on here. It's just one of these deals, like if it goes south, I, I would not be surprised one bit. Like just watching his games, like, oh my God, this is just, it's kind of scary. And there was one where it's like he had like three, and it may have been the ball, but also when it warms up, it's going to become an issue where it's like warning track 
fly balls. And you're like, yeah, if it heats up, it, those are going to be home runs, you know, in the middle of summer. Uh, before before we run, the question I wanted to ask both of you that I'm curious about is all the prospects who made teams, if we're speculating in fab this weekend about one of them being sent down in the next two weeks and therefore who takes job, I want to be a step ahead of that. Who do you think of rookies right now, notable rookies, is the closest to being sent down and therefore, what should you do other than like if you own them, uh, figure something out? But in terms of this guy is being sent down and therefore this guy could be called up if it's a league where you can pick up prospects or this guy who's been on the bench, maybe getting playing time. Is there anybody who jumps out that you think uh, if, if they have another 0-4-12 this weekend, uh, this could be the end for them? I will anybody say Julio Rodriguez to me looks awful he looks so bad at the dish he's stolen eight bases so you're getting some fantasy value out of him but ooh, he just looks bad at the plate to me and i think the mariners will send him down quickly uh, and and the thing with that is i don't think that that's in no way a financial decision that's a right. uh dude has dude has not played above double a before 200 uh plate appearances like six weeks in triple a may be very good for him as uh as a just a base, but the rest of his career as a hugely valuable player for the Mariners for the rest for the next, they hope like decade um, decision for them, right? Like that's not yeah, yes. that's not and that's in no way them playing silly bugger game. Uh, and to add to that, he's not just struggling against breaking pitches like Kelnick. Kelnick can't hit a breaking pitch, but if you send him to AAA, that's not going to do him any good. There aren't the great breaking pitches down there. He needs to be in the majors to work on it. Rodriguez is struggling against everything. So I think you're right that sending him to triple A or double A, whatever it may be. Okay. He can hit a fastball. Great. That's good for the organization. So I do think Kelnick stays up as well, but definitely agree with Rodriguez. The only thing I'd say about uh, Rodriguez, who I have nowhere, so I have no vested interest in this. He has been better lately. And part of the challenge of early season is like if it was reversed and he hit pretty good and then struggled, you just wouldn't notice it the way that if you struggle and then mm-hmm. play pretty good that you notice it. But I don't, I'm not disagreeing with you. Jeff, anybody who comes to mind for you? Um, two of them. CJ Abrams, I don't know why he's up. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, I, I don't get it. Like, he, he, he needs to go down and play. Like, like, you've got this great guy. Like, he needs to be in a lineup somewhere playing every day. Like, I don't know if he's really helping the team. The other one I could see happen. It, pro- it might have just happened on Twitter. Knowing the team, whatever. I, um. I'm not sure Josh Lowe is going to continue to stay up. I think the Rays need um, – I, I think their margin for error is really thin in the AL East. Like, they can't be losing games. And I don't know if he's helping them now. And um, he, just with the high strikeouts and everything else, he's one that I'm not – I'm not sure they they have time to have him figure it out here or figure out what's wrong. So what's fascinating about Josh Lowe for me is the Rays lineup for Friday night just came out. Josh Lowe is batting cleanup for the Rays. And I could see him hitting cleanup today, going 0 for 4 and being sent down tomorrow. So on the one hand, it's like they clearly believe in him. They hit, they're they hitting him fourth. It's the Rays. I don't think that changes a thing for them. Yeah, that, that's, that's where I'm with him. It's like, I don't know what's... Yeah, it's like... It's it's kind of 
like when he's up here and they have some kind of projections, like this is the way he is, but I don't know when it's going to change. He's just one that I don't, I mean, we've already had like Bryson Stott get sent down. Everyone was in love with him. Um, a lot of these guys are just struggling with certain things. And so, no, those are the two that I saw. Um, and the thing with the Rays that would give me pause if I'm a Josh Lowe owner is they can manufacture like average hitters with platoons, with just prospects nobody's ever heard of before, never mind the other top prospects that they have at, available. So if you're providing nothing close to uh, league average uh, produ- production, they can upgrade very quickly. Like they don't, they, they, and they can't, they're not, as you, as you suggested, Jeff, they're not strong enough where they can carry a 51 WRC plus for that long in the AL East. Like it's too tough a division for them to just say, he's going to figure this out by, by July. Yeah. And they want to make the playoffs. It's not like, Oh, you know, we're happy to be here. The Cubs or, you know, something like that. Oh, we're winning now or the Rockies. It's like, no. And they know they're in a battle. So, all right, very good. That's going to do it for today's episode. I want to thank you guys for dispensing your advice and for everyone for tuning in. We'll, of course, be back next week with more information. So for Van and Jeff, uh, nope, for Rob and Jeff, I'm Van Lee. We'll catch you next time. Let's just list some names here. We'll catch you then on Logic. It's hard to keep all three names straight at the same time. Leftovers or the DMV or house cleaning or Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. We're prohibited by law. T plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.